welcome to the second episode of Band History. I am your host, Colin Mackerlin. In this episode, I interview Eddie Larson of Eddie and the Arsons. Before we get started, I would like to say for some reason my microphone was a bit soft, so I tried my best to edit the volume on this podcast. Anyway, this is episode two of Band History. Enjoy. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great, man. How's it going? Good, good. <laughs> So thanks for letting me interview you for my podcast. Oh, no problem. Thanks for the opportunity to be interviewed, dude. No problem. Uh, what's the origins of the name Eddie and the Arsons? Um, it's actually just a complete spin off of uh, my name. <laughs> Eddie and the Arsons started as a solo project, um, and my name, my my last name is Larson. Um, so. I just thought, what would I name myself? What would I name my band if it was uh, a band full of me? So I uh, decided to call it Eddie and the Arsons. <laughs> nice. What's the why? Why the name Eddie and the Arsons? Um, you know, it's uh, I kind of liked uh, wanted to do like a spinoff of like a Eddie and the Cruisers or something like that, you know? Uh, yeah. But uh. Since my last name is uh, Larson, I just took the L out of the the first letter of my last name and just made it Arson. <laughs> nice. Would you consider the people that perform with you part of the band? Um, now they are. Uh, at first, they weren't, because um, I started writing and recording all the songs myself, and um, after I had... Uh, finished uh all my work on the album wall of text uh a couple of my friends were asking me like hey you know what are you doing are you just doing a solo project do you want to be a band you know if you want to if you want to turn this into a band you know I'll, I'll jam with you so um it started with my original drummer jason uh he gave me the initial call uh to say hey man i'll play drums for you just come by and, and we'll, we'll jam these songs you know i love what you're doing and um uh, then my bass player, uh, Adam, uh, I asked him if he'd want to join. Um, he had actually performed uh, backup harmonies on one of the songs on the record. Um, and uh, he was a talented musician that I had been in other bands with before. Uh, so I asked him, you know, hey, would you want to play bass for uh, my Eddie and the Arsons band, you know? And so he agreed to do it. So uh, we made it into a three-piece punk band. Uh why three piece? Um, you know, I just always really love three piece punk bands. Going back is uh to to when early Green Day and Nirvana and Blink one eighty two. I don't know. I just uh always liked the the simpler, uh less produced sound of a three piece band versus, you know, four piece or five piece band. Uh, I see. Like, would you consider having, like, a fourth member or no? Um, yeah, eventually down the long run, I'd, I'd probably consider it. But, like, for now, just a three-piece? For now, I'm just keeping it with a three-piece, yeah. Have you ever performed <laughs> with, like, more than three people in a band? Yeah, um, I've been in bands for 20 years now. Um, uh, the first band I was in was a band called Swellbox. That was a four-piece uh hardcore band from Chicago South Side. Um, 
the most recent band I was in was a five piece before Eddie and the Arsons. That was a heavy metal band called Designing the Flaw. Um, and I was just fronting it as a, as a vocalist. I've always actually just been the vocalist in all the bands that I've ever been in. Oh, okay. This is uh, my, my first time where I uh, picked up a guitar and started writing all the songs myself. <laughs> ah, okay. Uh, what's the story with starting Eddie and the Arsons? Well, uh, like I was saying, it, it started out as just like a side solo thing I was doing. Um, I was in that heavy metal band uh, called Designing the Flaw. And uh, nothing was really getting done with them. <laughs> uh, we weren't uh, practicing too regularly, and I just wanted to make some music. So I figured, you know what, I'm just going to start writing my own stuff on the side. And then, uh, you know, uh, in about uh, May of last year, the band decided to call it quits. So I figured, you know what, I'm just going to make this Eddie and the Arsons my uh, main focus now that uh, this band is broke up. So then uh, that's what I did. That band broke up. Then I turned Eddie and the Arsons from a side project into a band and uh, been rolling ever since. <laughs> I did some research on your band and it says that you're from Riverside, Illinois. Is that correct? Riverdale. Riverdale. My bad. Yeah, it's it's the, the very southern uh, most uh, tip of Chicago. <laughs> so like... Yeah. Why there? Why not, like, say, Chicago? Um, well, I just, you know, that's where I live, in Riverdale, which is uh, technically considered uh, one of the parts of Chicago, but it's also technically considered its own part in Illinois. So I was just uh, trying to represent Riverdale. <laughs> oh, okay. So um, what's the scene like there, like the music scene? Oh, Chicago has great music scene um riverdale is just like a small little like hole a little speck uh in the in, in the in the in the ghetto i should say <laughs> uh, there's not really much of a scene in riverdale so i gotta uh travel a couple blocks to you know into the city to see some shows and stuff like that but there is a great scene in chicago all kinds of music everywhere who's your favorite um band in chicago my favorite band in Chicago or from Chicago? Uh, both is fine. <laughs> um, well, right now, I've been really getting into Knuckle Puck. I know they're from Chicago. Oh, yeah. Um, back in the day, uh, my favorite band was a punk band, a uh, local punk band called the Meshuganas. Uh, they just did a reunion show uh, back in November. And, uh, it was fantastic to see them again. Is the band the type of band that would perform like just in Chicago and like nowhere else? Um, yeah, that band was uh, the Meshuganas. They didn't really perform too many other places. Uh, like for Knuckle Puck, like I met the drummer at like, have you been to Warp Tour before? Um, I haven't been to Warp Tour since like 99. <laughs> really? Yeah. What was it like back then? Uh, it was a pretty great show, man. Uh, I think, I think that was. I'm, I think it was '99, but uh, I know it was. Blink 182 was there. Uh, Eminem was there. It was a long time ago, but it was a great concert. I remember I had a great time. Nice. Like, um, what last year I went to um, the Tingling Park Warp Tour, 
and I met oh, yeah? the drummer from Knucklepuck, and he <coughs> and they were t- he like told me about the plans they had for uh, their band to like just try to like go out like out of the country more and perform. Yeah, that's always a good goal. <laughs> I had that I had that goal with Eddie and the Arsons myself. We actually won an opportunity to play. Uh, at the Envol at Macadam in uh, Canada really? uh, back in uh, September. Yeah, we were all gung-ho to do it and everything. Um, and then uh, come to find out that the Canadian border wouldn't let me in because I have a felony on my criminal background. <laughs> uh. Yeah, we won, a, won an opportunity through Reverb Nation. Um, we would have been opening for propaganda and shit. It would have been great. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean the promoter was uh, they they had they were gonna pay for our rooms, our flights, everything. Um, but uh, when it came down to us actually getting ready to go out uh, to Canada, um, I, I called the border patrol just to see if there's anything that we need to bring or anything you know restriction wise mm-hmm. from leaving the United States to enter into Canada. And uh, topic got brought up about criminal records, and um, after further discussion, realized that uh, they weren't gonna let me in. <laughs> So I actually, unfortunately, had to turn down that uh, opportunity um, for now. And really, I got to wait a couple years before I can apply to get into Canada for, for the, whatever reason. For the for this type of thing, you just have to wait. Like, is there a rule? Like, if you have a criminal record and you do something, you have to like wait a certain amount of years. Yeah. Um. There's like a. Uh, I guess like a statute of limitations, you know, after after five years of committing a crime, you can apply for like a like visitation rights kind of thing. Uh, so back to the um, question of um, where your band is from. Is it hard to book shows around Chicago? Um, yes and no. Uh it is only in the sense that there are so many bands in Chicago that are trying to play shows that, uh, you know, most venues are pretty hard to get into because they're so booked out, you know, uh, I see. but, uh, but no, you know, in the sense that, uh, you know, if you know people, um, you know, people in other bands or promoters, you know, it's easier to get your foot in the door. Ah, I see. Have you ever thought about, playing like a house show yeah we uh we played a house show in uh october there's a there was a house venue out here on the south side of chicago called damien's den and uh that was a really awesome time actually (laughs) nice like um here in china we don't have like anything like that like and no house shows or like for the government they you have like if you're gonna perform in China, you have to like they the government has to check the set list just to make sure that everything's okay. Really? Yeah. That the, 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 there's a freedom of speech in China, or um, like there's some like messed up things that have well, not really messed up, just like I don't know how to describe it, like. You heard of the Tiananmen Square incident, right? Yeah. 
So, like, some people in China actually believe that didn't happen at all. Oh. And then, like, um, recently they're trying to ban hip-hop. It's a long story with hip-hop because it it goes back to, like, um, like in the 80s when hip-hop, like, started getting popular in China. But, like, now they're trying to, like, blacklist it. Really? That's interesting. I did not know that. Is it is it due to the lyrical content mostly or the message behind uh, a lot of like the gangster rap and stuff or Well, that's the excuse that they use. But like gotcha. the um one rap one really famous rapper like um slept with like a government official's wife and then um the oh government God. official knew like connections so he like so like the whole story is that um there was a show in China to become it's like America's Got Talent except it was for hip hop to like become the next big hip hop star in China. Okay. And so there were two winners. One guy it was yeah, there were two winners. One guy um was less popular and the like, other guy became more popular like over the years. So the guy that was really popular slept with a government official's wife, so the government official like had some connections and told like his friends like, "Hey, since we since his lyrics are like profound and like really bad, um, we let's try to ban it." Like, just it's it was kind of like a payback kind of way. Crazy. Yeah. That's insane. Like, I only found this out, like, a couple of weeks ago as well. Wow. That's, yeah, that's pretty crazy. That's, uh, wow, that's pretty mind-blowing there, actually. <laughs> so, because of that, they want to ban hip-hop in China. Yeah. But, like, wow. honestly, I don't think that's going to happen because, like, they ban, like, other stuff. Like, they ban Facebook and, like, Instagram. But, like, people really? have, like, their ways of, like, getting onto it yeah i can't see how i don't know i can't see how the government can regulate what somebody listens to you know yeah, yeah. or i mean i could see i could see it easier for a government to regulate websites or apps like facebook and stuff like that but but a genre of music now that's that's pretty weird yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could see, like, maybe banning it in public or something, you know. You get in trouble if you're playing it loudly in public or something. Oh, but, yeah, wow, that's, that's crazy. It's, uh, it's just so nuts how, like, you know, different countries are run, you know, their governments and everything. Oh, yeah, definitely. So uh, what are your goals for your music project? Um, well, right now... Uh, I'm working on another full-length album. Um, I'm about halfway into it now so far. Uh, I just got a new drummer a couple weeks ago, so I've been uh, getting him up to speed with uh, old material, new material, and also writing stuff with him. Okay. Um, so just a lot of fun writing music and uh, getting ready to uh, make another album. And uh, once we are uh, ready to start playing shows again, um, start playing shows. Are you guys, like, taking a break from playing shows so you guys could, like, pursue, like, making the second full length? 
yes and no. Um, we're more or less just taking a break from shows uh, for right now because uh, I had to get a new drummer, you know, and it takes a little uh, a little while to get new member kind of up to speed on things. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, also because I want to take a little time out and record, um, you know, uh, and write some more material. So yeah. when we do start playing shows, we have uh, more stuff, more music, um, you know, more everything for, for, for our fans. Not bad. Um, what made you want to start playing music? Ah, uh, man. Um, I've always loved music. Like one of my first and favorite words as a, as a baby was radio. Um, the first time I sang on stage, I was four years old. Um, I played the Super Bowl shuffle. I sang with some live band at some bar uh, that my mom worked at when I was a kid. And uh, I don't know. I've always wanted to be uh, a singer. And um, here I am. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. So you're currently working on a second full length. Um, so you're going to have the other musicians play, right? Yeah. Yeah. The first record was more of a solo record. Uh, the uh, second album was definitely going to be more of a collaboration. Uh, okay. For the first um, record, did did you do did you play all the instruments or did you have people like come in and like play or perform? With oh you? yeah, no, I I I, uh, I played all the instruments and recorded, except for um, the first track on the album, "What's Happening to Me." Uh, my bass player Adam sings backup harmonies. Ah, okay. Um, but uh, all the rest of the record, I, I did everything. Did you also produce it, or did you have, like, a producer with you? Yep. Yeah, I I produced it, recorded it, tracked it, wrote it, mixed it, mastered it myself. Really? Wow. Like, I try to mix and master, like, my own stuff, but, like, it's really hard. Like, I don't know how people do it. It is. You know, um, it it definitely took some experimenting um, to understand what I'm doing. Mm You know, and even uh, reaching out to friends that, uh, you know, mix and master stuff for a living, you know, to talk to them and have conversations. I did a lot of research and studying and uh, on different things like panning and, you know, what uh, things like compression do and (laughs) a lot of research and a lot of uh, hard work. But, uh, you know, I'm pretty happy with how the record turned out, um, considering that I did it myself. So. Uh, yeah, like actually before the interview, I was listening to like the full length and your single, like it it was good. Like I enjoyed it a lot. Oh, thanks a lot, man. So, yeah, um, oh, it, yeah, I, I wrote uh, I wrote and recorded the the whole first record uh, the the album Wall Text in, in about two months. Really? Wow. Yeah. Did you go into like a studio or did you was it like in your bedroom? Yeah, it was it was more or less in my bedroom. Yeah, I use utilized a couple different rooms in my house for different things actually. Oh. <laughs> so, what was the recording process like? Recording the full length. Um. Well, I mean, I would just start out with uh, playing my guitar, and um, I'd come up with a riff and uh, uh, a melody in my head vocally and um i would just lay down the guitar riff and then uh come up with the beat 
and then um, record the bass and then listen to the song completed and uh, finish writing out the lyrics for uh, the song uh, with the melodies that I had in mind and then uh, record the vocals and then mix it, master it down. That's, uh, that's my going process so far with all the songs I've written. <laughs> that's not bad, not bad. Um, what would, how did you record the drums? Did you use like Ableton or did you use like live drums? Um, I used MIDI drums on Ableton. Uh, who are your yeah, inspirations? I, uh, oh man, I have a lot of inspirations. Um, I like all kinds of different music, uh, from punk rock, metal, hip hop, uh, EDM. Um, I mean, vocally I have a lot of, uh, Influences uh, such as Matt Bellamy from Muse and uh, Tom York from Radiohead, um, but also I'm like a huge Deftones fan. Um, uh, I love Weezer. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love uh, Smoking Popes. A lot of lot of underground unsigned pop punk in Chicago. Um, just all kinds of music, man. I, I can't even really <laughs> begin. I mean, when I first started out making music when i was younger my favorite band was nirvana and uh they've always been a favorite band of mine too um i love the ramones <laughs> the misfits all kinds of stuff man uh so like when you listen to the music do you listen to like the melody or the lyrics um i usually listen to everything you know i try to feel the music when i listen to it uh -huh. you know i try to get into like the whole emotion of the song and, um, you know, the lyrics and how they represent the emotion of the song. What genre usually inspires you to write songs? Hmm. You know, that's a good question. Um, I can't really say there's a specific genre that inspires me to write songs. I just... Everything inspires me to write songs. I could listen to no music and still be inspired to write songs. Will the um, will Eddie and the Arsons go on tour at some point? Uh, yeah, that is a uh, more of an ultimate goal, for sure. Uh, to start, you know, to get on, uh, you know, at least work our way into bigger tours. You know, start out small. Um, you know, do a, more of a local tour and try to branch out as far as I can. You know, I just, uh, I love to play. I love to perform the songs. Uh, I love to write the music and, uh, I just want it to be heard by anybody possible. <laughs> Where do you think you'll go on tour? Um, you know, I'm sure, uh, I would, I would love to, you know, do like a, a good United States tour, but, uh, assuming, since we're just kind of starting out, uh, it would probably be a small Midwest tour at first. <laughs> would you go like um, west to the Midwest or east to the Midwest? D does that make sense? Um, yeah, I'd probably do a full circle around east, west, and the Midwest. You know, maybe start in Chicago and go as far out as, uh, you know, New York and, uh, Go down south a little bit, circle back around. All right. Um, would you say that social media helps promote your music throughout the world? I 
I would say so. Um, only because the whole world uses social media right now. Um, it's much easier to get music out to people. But then again, there's a lot of music uh, out on social media and a lot of artists trying to promote their stuff on social media. So it's very saturated uh, in that sense. It's hard to actually stick out. You know, you kind of got to do uh, a little extra to stick out in people's heads to click on your stuff and check it out, you know? Okay. Uh, which social media outlets would you say promotes music the most? Um, you know, Facebook and Twitter are the two biggest ones right now. Um, Instagram, too. But uh, I'd probably say Facebook is probably the most widely used right now. How do you promote music on Twitter? Like, how do you get it out to, like, have... Like, instead of your friends looking, like, seeing the post, how do you get other people to look at the post? Um, you know, uh, you just, like, post it to other people and uh, add hashtags, you know, um, things like that. Other people will see it. Or if you, uh, uh, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um. You know, if you tag other people in the post, their followers will, will see that post too. Okay. Uh, do you think blogs help promote music these days? These days, not as much. Um, blogs don't really seem like as popular as they did a few years back. Uh, I'm sure there's still a lot of people that do uh a lot of blogging, um, but I don't see it quite as big as anymore as it used to be. Uh, uh, this is going to be the last question. Um, anything you sure. want to you want people to know about the band? Just check us out, stick around, and uh, you know, hope you enjoy the music because uh, there's going to be plenty more coming. And that is it. Thank you so much for letting me interview you. No problem. Thank you for the opportunity again. Thank you so much for uh, being the podcast. Oh, no problem. And if you could, um, you know, send me a link so I could check it out. No problem. No problem. Awesome. Well, have a nice day. Thanks. You too. Okay. Bye. Bye. And that was episode two of Band History. I had a lot of fun interviewing Mr. Larson. And if you enjoy listening to him talk, Listen to his music, which is in the description. Also, if you want to send me a message about what I can do better about the podcast, feel free to email me. Email is also in the description. Thank you for listening. This is Colin signing off.